Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hi, everyone. Just a quick note. This is part one of our conversation with Roddy Devlukia Shetty. And part two will be released in October to celebrate her new podcast. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast, baby. What's up, everybody? It's your BFFs, Linz and Krista. We are also best friends in real life. We're business partners. We created Almost 30 from our closet floors. And here we are seven years later. We live on opposite coasts, but we see each other as much as we can to record and just feed this growing business brand community. And we're really excited you're here. If this is your first episode, hello, hello, hello. And if you're coming from the Roddy camp, oh, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, that's a good one. If you're coming from the Roddy world, we're really, really glad to have you True, because you are an amazing person with amazing energy. We had a first conversation with her probably a year ago, maybe two years ago now. One of the best, just truly her and Jay are even better in person, like deeply present, dialed, kind, warm, giving people. It's really wild because Lindsay and I are lucky enough to have the access in, in our space and world to some amazing and powerful people. And Almost all of them are as kind and magical in person, but some of them you're like, wow, you're really, you're really doing it. You're really doing it on a big level in the world. And then in, in personal life, you're just as pleasant and amazing. So I'm really grateful that Roddy came on the podcast again. And again, if you want to listen to that first one, you can search Roddy Almost 30 and you can dive into our conversation around confidence, around her journey, around friendship. It was just really, really beautiful. Yeah. It's always nice when, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, where who you see online really aligns with when you meet them, which is like a weird thing to say, but it's actually very rare. <laughs> and it's really nice to experience that in our space and to really feel their authenticity. And I know authenticity is kind of like a bleh word, but to really feel on an energetic level, like them being themselves wherever they go, no matter if they are in front of you know, thousands of people or just with us intimately in a podcast studio. And that's something I definitely think about a lot and strive to be because it could be easy to like just be a little chameleon and kind of be what you think people need you to be in those different arenas. But I feel like Jay and Roddy, and she talked about this a little bit, really make an effort to be themselves no matter where they are. She was talking about in this conversation, just how she's noticed that like when she's really authentic to who she is, it disarms people. Right before we met for the interview, I think it was the morning before she did the Today Show, which was like such a big deal and so exciting. We were talking about kind of the prep for that and just that whole experience. And she's someone who is so beautiful, so naturally Funny. beautiful. And she did not wear makeup. 
really. Icon. Like I think she had maybe like a, a little rouge on the cheeks and maybe a little mascara. But when you're on TV, so many people are caked up because of the cameras, the lights, the whatever. And I think one of the anchors was like off camera. She's like, oh my God, she's like, you look beautiful. Like you're not wearing any makeup. And Roddy all of a sudden became like a little self-conscious of like, oh yeah, that's just like what I do. Like I didn't even think about it. But she noticed that it really kind of disarmed this woman and just kind of created like a nice little rapport where Roddy was just being herself. And so, yeah, I adore that about her. We had such a good freaking time. It was so nice to see her in New York. And one of the things we talked about that you and I were kind of chatting about before this was Roddy is someone who has an online presence. Two million people are following her on Instagram alone. And she is such a bright light when you go to her page. She is funny and positive and inspiring and thought-provoking and reflective. And she was saying how sometimes she gets kind of like feedback comments about like, are you always this happy? Are you always this like just good? <laughs> and she was saying how she felt like people didn't understand the responsibility as someone with a platform and for her personally, so this is not like better or worse, but for her personally, if she's going through something, which she does, she's a human being, to have her close friends or family be the ones that she goes to in order to process and share and really reserve the energy that she has after that to show up to her platform in an inspiring, impactful way. Again, neither better or worse, but it was an interesting way for me to think about it because I think, you know, we see a lot of people today just kind of sharing in a way that isn't as thoughtful. And so they're sharing like things that are in process and totally not integrated. And it can stir up this energy online, especially like in their own platform. And it reminded me of just like when we are scrolling, we're kind of interacting with like everyone's nervous system. And sometimes like I scroll and I feel fine and there are other times I scroll and I don't feel fine. And usually when I don't feel fine, it's because I'm, I've hit on some accounts where they're sharing things that feel a little dysregulated and I'm kind of blending with them. So I just thought it was really, really interesting. Yeah, I have so much to say. I want to fall out of my chair. I just feel like, and I'm so grateful that she opened up this conversation. And I think this is a common thread that I've heard with a lot of our friends and a lot of the people that I know that have much larger accounts that are in the millions. And I just find it very interesting that I find that women only do this to accounts of other women. And that I don't see any women going to like Andrew Huberman or other men that are like leaders in the space, even Jay, and being like, hey, are you having a bad day? Like, when am I seeing you having a bad day? Like, are you always happy? And there's this thing where we women feel like women have to show all sides of them and have to present everything to feel safe or to feel like they're normal or to feel like we're not comparing ourselves to them. And there's just like this expectation that we hold of women to share so much more personal things than we do of men. And I just think it's incredibly unfair. Like we're okay with men just being one dimensional when they share online and we're like, oh, I love this content. Thanks for sharing your podcast or thanks for sharing this research or thanks for sharing this like one bit of information. But for women, it's like if you're not sharing like your children, your family, what you're going through, your hard times, your body struggles, all these, then it's like there's something wrong or like you need to be sharing more. And then there's also the assumption that like your online life is your real life. 
Like we need to remember that our online life is not our real life. And when we're going to people and saying, hey, you need to share about when things are bad. It's like you are forgetting that the real life has precedent. And it's actually the healthiest thing to process what you're going through with your real life and with the real people that matter in your real life. And I don't think we really realize the impact that like sharing about things, especially, you know, Roddy's not a mother and neither am I, but I can imagine that if you're a mother and you have children and you're sharing about things about your children or your family online, that will impact them in the future. We've never had this as like a culture or society where we're kind of growing up with children that were online. We are also online. Our children's children will be online and everything is recorded and everything is going to exist forever and everything people can react to or people can have comments to. And it's almost like what we say flippantly maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, where you'd say it just casually and it doesn't matter and it didn't mean anything at the time is now recorded, unfortunately. So it's like everything just has so much more weight. And I think we're just really the first generation that's really processing that and working with that and and like having the gravity of that. And I experienced that, you know, as a much smaller creator too, where I'm like, oh, I do want to bring people along the journey of what I'm going through. And I, I do share very openly about things that are hard and my struggles and things that I'm going through. But It's like, I also don't want a lot of opinions and perspectives about my process. And I want to like what she's doing, be with the people that I'm impacting or impacting me in whatever scenario first with things. And I think too, it feels a little leaky for me to be like, I'm struggling. I'm going to go to the internet. It's like, no, I'm struggling. I'm going to go to my self-care practices. I'm going to go to my therapist. I'm going to go to the things that help bring me back to center, like nature or meditation or baths or screaming, whatever it is, and then kind of come back. But it's like, I don't want my brain to get used to me going directly to social media when I feel like I'm not feeling myself. Yeah, I feel like that's such a relevant topic. Even for people that have smaller platforms, it's like, how much are we sharing online? How much are we expecting people to share when are we coming into this like portal and world of social media and assuming it's reality? Like, how can we pull ourselves out to just be reminded that like people are curating their feed because it's not exactly who they are? Exactly. Yeah. A whole story coming out on the 8th. So I've announced my pregnancy already, but I'm going to do just an episode a little bit on my experience of keeping this kind of close and private for a long time. And I've done this with other areas of my life. I feel like I shared about my wedding like right after. And it's something that like, I didn't know I would want to do that until you're kind of in the process. And I've definitely gotten like messages and feedback that are like, why didn't, you know, I would love to like know more and I would love for you to share. And yeah, it's something that I might completely change my mind on at some point or another, you know, I just kind of like flow with it. But I've been just super, I think, sensitive to the, it almost feels like an open wound when it's like online and then I'm unable to actually fully feel and be in the experience because there's this like open wound online and wound's the wrong word, but it just feels maybe leaky it's like out there, but I'm also experiencing it. And so I'm unable to fully experience it. So that's why it was like important that, you know, we kept this private for as long as I could hide it, honestly, in a way. And I think to your point about like kids, yeah, I mean, I think about that so much. And there's 
I have no like judgment towards anyone who share their kids online, but I do yeah, no. think about the fact that kids have like phones in their faces a lot where it's like recording and I want to be super mindful of that. You know, when I have a child where it's like, I don't want that to become like a regular thing, you know, that they have this like thing in their face, they're being recorded. It's out there on the internet for anyone to pick up and see. And I don't know, there's just like a very interesting energetic. And I've seen some of our friends in this space make a little bit of a shift and no longer share their children, which is interesting. But to your point, I think we're kind of the first generation where we have had our life with no social media. And then we've had this life with social media. I think the next generation has kind of always had it, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. or maybe two generations. But I think there's a part of us that kind of misses it, misses the life without it. At least I do. Yeah, I, I don't consider it, but yeah, I definitely see the benefits of it. I think it's, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it will be like in my friends that have children. It is such a nuanced thing where we don't know really the impact on the brain yet. We don't really know all of these things in the way that it's like impacting them, but it's huge. And, you know, it's interesting to think like too, as a creator and a content creator, it's almost like sometimes like the thought is that you are trading your privacy and you're trading your aspects of your life for the life to, it's like, well, that's what's so interesting about being content creator influencer. It's like, well, so you want to be private, but you can't necessarily be private if you're trying to monetize the access to your life or your thoughts or your fan. You know what I mean? It's like such a weird game, like where it's, yeah, it's just all new and it's all something that we're all figuring out like in real time. Totally. Unless you niche out and you're just making like sourdough bread, you know? Yeah, dude. Sometimes it I wish that was me. Where it's just like a shot of just your hands kneading bread. <laughs> you're just like, oh. yeah, no one's messaging the kneading bread woman and saying, what, how, are you having a bad day? Tell oh, me about your bad day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, that's the whole thing. It's like, you actually, it's either niche down to a level that's like incredible or you are open and lifestyle and then people want everything. They're like... <laughs> People to me, they're like, did you regret getting married? I'm like, that is not a conversation for me and a stranger to have. I don't, first of all, mm -hmm. at all. It's just like, would you understand how, what you're asking me? <laughs> this 100%. is like, if I was to tell you something and not tell the actual person that's directly impacted, it's wild. It's a wild and crazy world. But Roddy is so beautiful in the way that she shares and she's so open. And I love just being present for her process of her truth and her exploration. And she's got such an incredible YouTube I know she's got big things coming out next year, which I'm really excited about too. And if you're also a fan of Roddy's, I'm sure you are of Jay's. And he's been on Almost 30 a few times as well. So you can search Jay Shetty Almost 30 and find other great episodes with him. So check her out on all socials, Roddy Devlukia Shetty. Enjoy this episode. If you loved it, please share with a friend. That's how we've grown from zero to billions. But we really appreciate it's how you. we became billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> we have new episodes every single week. We have not missed a week in seven years. Sorry, bragging, but we That's haven't. how you get successful. People ask how you're successful. It's like, just keep going. <laughs> just be consistent. Yeah. But we will see you on the other side of this one. Enjoy it. We love you. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Uh, Therapy, y'all. I don't know. 
I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time. Right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. 
Okay, I love that you're here. I Me love too. that you're in New York, yes. that I got you. <laughs> Me too. Wait, I saw you on the Today Show. Oh, thank I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It was one of the most nerve-wracking things. I literally was awake and every single hour the night before. You know when you're really, I was already really exhausted. And then it's like my mind knew my body was so exhausted that I had this fear of missing my alarm. So every single hour I was up. I know that feeling. It's I know. the worst. It's, the, it's like when you have an exam. That's it's what it took me back to. The, it's like you can't fall asleep deeply enough yes. to actually get rest. You're kind of like always a little bit awake. Exactly. So I'm curious because I want to hear about that experience. But what do you do? Like you're coming into a city that it's not your home. Mm-hmm. You know the city, you kind of understand the energetics of the city, but how before something big like that, are you grounding and like actually mm. finding a little bit of peace? Because I feel like a lot of people are traveling a lot, maybe for work, maybe yes. not. And they're not thinking about the energetics of the city and how they can kind of find like their center. Yeah, good question. I've learned to just do the minimal practices that I can, that I know help me in that moment. So I know going out for walks in the, to like, almost let my body, is the word like a customized or like become familiar with my surroundings. Again, why I like having windows and and sunlight, places where I can really absorb in the environment that I am in. So definitely just getting outside. And, you know, there's so many different practices like moon bathing and even like directly looking into sunlight Mm -hmm. when you get to a place. And, you know, there's earthing where you just have your bare feet on the floor one of those three or on canal street or on canal street exactly (laughs) like wherever it is i definitely do one of those three things when i get to a place just really like settling into the environment it's also kind of just telling the environment that you're in i'm here and letting your body really connect to that place so i do that but then i also have little things like the night before something like this i saw so just the little like self-care rituals i do abhyanga which is one thing that is a sanskrit word for self-body massage it's a really beautiful self-love practice, which is basically using oils or medicated oils to, and by medicated, I mean with adaptogens, <laughs> on, <laughs> onto your body. And I particularly do the feet because that's where our nerves end. It actually like has access from your feet through the nerves throughout your entire body. And so even just by doing a little foot massage with oils, which also then lubricate your nerves and help to calm it and almost mm. gives them a hug. That's a practice I love doing before I go to sleep, especially in a new environment or if I've got something big going on. And then also just eating foods. Like I always find when I go to a new place, I normally get really excited and I'm like, oh, I want to go eat this and I want to go eat a slice of pizza. And I, <laughs> but actually, like having foods specifically that ground you and earth you into your, like in back yeah. into your body and like foods that feel nourishing, like anything nourishing makes your body feel so much more comforted and content in the space that you're in. So Instead of reaching for like a pizza slice when you get somewhere, like maybe have something a little bit more nourishing for your mind and your body. Because travel does a lot on your body as well that we don't really take into account. Completely agree. The travel for me, some people thrive like going on planes and they really love the feeling. I, it's one of like the top (laughs) five worst feelings I have and I'm really trying to hack it. It's hard. It is. I think it's like the lack of oxygen. I think it's, it's a lot of things. It's the artificial light. Uh I think number one for me in that travel is what you mentioned, the nourishment. Yeah. Because it's our digestion, I feel like slows down or my anxiety maybe restricts. I don't know. But making sure that I'm like getting really healthy, clean foods, even though it might be a little boring and we're not taking part in like the buzz and what's happening, 
it's it makes a world of difference. What did you have like the morning of the Today Show? Because you have to get up so early. I do. And honestly, I do intermittent fasting till like 11 cool. o'clock. Yeah. So my body is actually a lot better. Like I function whether it's workouts or whether it's performing in some way, whether it's going into an exam. I generally function better on an empty stomach. I'm the same. But what you were saying about feeling a little bit more anxious and your digestion, that's actually fully true when you go up in the air in a plane. So in Ayurveda, it says that vata energy which is light airy and the energy in your body which actually causes anxiety and creativity in the mind but when imbalance can create the erratic feeling of like anxiousness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's actually completely elevated and exacerbated when you travel in an airplane or in anything fast moving that mixed with the altitude mixed with the false air that's being put into the airplanes yeah yes your digestion is slowed down completely, yeah. which is why a lot of people come off a plane and get constipated. Your anxiety and your kind of mind is heightened to, you know, it's increasing air in your body, which increases that movement in your mind. And so all of that is so true. So that's why even on the plane, I have like a ritual of what I eat, what I don't eat. Because I have Same. to travel so much, I know what makes things a lot worse. They even say that your senses on your tongue become a little bit numb and so even flight food ends up being saltier oh. and like you crave you, you crave more salt so you're eating a lot more crisps and yes. like dried food and things to just stimulate your tongue more because your tongue is actually like the the stimuli on there are, are dampened so so much that happens and I just think like this feeling of awareness like what you said this is what you've noticed these things about your body you've right. noticed that this is what happens I think we become so mindless in the, especially if you do it often, in the day-to-day activities. I'm like, when my friends land and they're like, I'm constipated and then it stays for like three days. I'm like, that's not normal. You're not doing the things that you need to be doing. Like, it's not normal not to poop for three days. That's inside yeah. your body. Mm-hmm. Sorry to get mm-hmm. like TMI. Um, no, but, but yeah. It's, it's but true. But a lot of people, I think a lot of people settle for certain feelings or conditions that kind of arise, whether it's after they travel or, you know, at certain times of the month that are really pointing to an imbalance. Yes. And it upsets me when I hear about it because I'm like, oh my God, you've been living with that. I know. And like being constipated, I feel like affects everything. More than everything. You know, migraines. Yes. Um, energy levels. Yes. And so I, I think it's all just about having that you know, it's hard to be mindful and conscious at every part of the day. Like it really is. But when you're noticing things happening repeatedly, that's probably a time to tune back in and say, hey, this has been happening to me over and over and over again. What are the things I can do that I can adjust, that I can make minor changes to make make less of an impact in this way? And I think, yeah, consciously living through things that we're repeatedly doing mm. is so important. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these Superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like 
this is a new type of audio that um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future, um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. I guess for people who are listening and they're like, so how do I connect with my body? Uh -huh. How do I really get in tune? I feel like there might be a lot of people out there who hear a lot of people talk about being in tune with their yeah, body. And they're like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're like, how the hell? Uh huh. So how are we getting in tune with our bodies on both a physical, yeah. mental, and emotional level? Because I do think it's, for me, it's like a lifelong practice, especially as bodies Always. change. Always As seasons changing. change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. I've been thinking about it and it's exactly what you said. It's something that never actually stops because your body is changing every second. Your mind and how you're growing is going to be deciding so many different things about you. And so actually it is a practice that isn't just let's figure this out now. Yeah. It's part of life and part of living to live optimally. And so the way that like physically, the way that I really try to connect to my body, I would say, yeah, physically, it's really listening to your body. Like I think, and by that, I mean, when you're doing workouts, let's start with that. Mm -hmm. What is actually, what feels like it's harming my body versus healing my body? Because actually every single thing we are doing should be to heal. It may be that it, you know, stretches your muscle and it contracts it. So you get some sort of muscular pain but I feel like you could tell the difference between the yes. two and a lot of the time we end up seeing what other people are doing I personally have been going through this because I speak to some friends who different friends have different body shapes like everybody has a different body shape and I'll be looking at someone who has a completely different structure to me and I know that bodies have different structures I've studied in Ayurveda but still your mind mm -hmm. tricks you and so I'll be looking at someone who has a completely different frame to me and they're like oh I've, all I do is Pilates. I just do Pilates and that's what's created muscle in my body or that's how I've got tone. I'm like, oh my God, amazing. And so I'm just going to do Pilates. And then I do Pilates and I'm like, I haven't got the same results as this person. Yeah. Or then I hear another friend saying, oh my goodness, I'm 
weightlifting and honestly i don't even do cardio i just weightlift so i and then i'm like oh okay so then I'm, i should just weightlift and so many different things so then my whole week ended up being weightlifting pilates <laughs> in the evening running on wednesday yoga on thursday like just so spread out where nothing actually ends up making a difference if you do it in that way because you're not committing or being consistent with something and so what i've learned now to do is let me try something for a month like just stick to one thing for a month and have my body react and let me listen to how my body feels and physically even how your body changes and seeing your energy levels and all those things that you are looking for optimal health physically is this contributing towards that and if it's not then a month later you can change it and when I was a dietitian that's how I used to do a lot of like elimination diets when I would have people come in and they would say I've got this and I'd say okay fine let's cut everything out and add things back in one at a time and right. so let's see how your body reacts to it. And so I would say have an elimination diet, cut everything out that you're unsure about, and then start adding things in and see how your body's reacting to it. Sometimes we just have like a whole cocktail of things that we're doing and we just don't know what's good and what's bad for us. Sure. And what's good for some people may not be good for you. And that's why I think it's really hard with social media and just all of the information that we're fed on a daily basis or come across on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's why I love your approach of being more intuitive for you specifically and learning your own system and your own body Mm -hmm. because everyone is different, whether it's for food or working out, et cetera. But I mean, I find that people are hopping more on trends than actually listening to their body. I mean, when I was, I was living in LA and I was teaching soul cycle, but then I was also after my three soul cycle classes, I would teach, (laughs) I would go and take a berries class. Yeah. So constant hit, constant intense cardio on the body. But I'm like, everyone's doing these workouts. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do these workouts. And I also saw other people with bodies that I wanted to emulate, just like you said. And what happened was I completely burned out my adrenals. I was going to say, I've seen so much research that actually shows... And I started looking at it because a few people in my life have polycystic ovary syndrome. Yes. And so many people. So many people. And when I was researching it and I found that it actually says that when you do a lot of cardio or high intensity training actually increases your estrogen levels. And so for a lot of women and I don't have PCOS, but I have higher estrogen levels. And so I was the person who I'm like, unless I'm sweating and nearly feeling sick, it's not a workout. And that's how I used to, I trained my mind to believe that. Unless I am running and sweating and really to the, or doing a Barry's workout or something where I almost am feeling physically sick, mm-hmm. that's what a good workout is. Sure. And what I realized was I was doing way more damage to my body, even if I was getting more into the shape that I thought I wanted or into the structure that I thought I wanted. I was actually depleting myself so much more internally. Yeah. And that's another thing you have to think about. Like, what are my hormones telling me? When I'm doing my bloods, what is it saying that I'm lacking or that I need? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of research that goes into tuning in as well. It's not just sitting there and thinking, ah, what's my body feeling? Even though that's a really good way to do it emotionally and mentally. But physically, we also have to put in the experiments and the work and the research behind the actual scientific information we have in front of us and reacting based off that sure have you done any of the i've done everything tell me what you've done and what's been really helpful yeah i've done so i did a full blood work and by that i mean hormones vitamins minerals Mm -hmm. 
and estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all of those levels. I did all of that. And then I also did a gut test. I've done gut tests quite often because again, once you do one gut test, six months later, a year later, your gut changes based on your environment and what you've been through and the stress that you've been through. Sure. And so doing a gut test regularly will help you to understand what foods your body needs. Like, oh, I need more foods that have prebiotics. I need more foods that have been sprouted and have these mm. vitamins and have these minerals. And so doing a gut test was really helpful. So full blood work, gut test. And then I also, this is not something everybody can do and to be accessible, but because I had it available to me, I got my brain scanned. Cool. And that was really interesting just to understand, like there were lots of traits that I had that I would always put down to like put myself down for. Mm. And it helped me understand my brain structurally. So one of the things he had told me was, that a lot of the areas in my mind, when he scanned it, they're lighting up at the same time. And usually what happens with people is you kind of, it lights up in one area and then another area and then another area. And it actually helped other people also in my life understand why my brain goes from one thing to another so fast. And it's not that I'm not listening. It's that when someone says one thing to me, my brain's at doing da 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 and suddenly I'm asking you something that's completely unrelated. So it makes someone feel like I'm not actually listening, but really I've done a whole you connected the dots. Yeah, in so many different, different ways. And suddenly yeah. I'm asking you a question about something that's completely irrelevant, but it's connected in my mind. So I've also learned to understand my mind a bit better in that way. Wow. But structurally also explain that for me. So full blood work, but the basics I would really recommend is full blood work yes. and getting your digestion checked because your digestion links to every other part of your body as well. What was interesting about your digestion results or at least one of them that yeah. surprised you? So for me, from the blood work, high estrogen surprised me because, and again, the things that you end up changing from that, by the way, are drinking water from plastic bottles. A huge thing that contributes to high estrogen I was estrogen just about levels. to say, I was about to apologize for the plastic bottles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I do. I told her yeah, I was like, can you? <laughs> no, there's nothing here. Me. No. <laughs> They're glass. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a huge contributor. And yeah. again, heating food up in plastic, like yes. plasticware, anything. I've been a crazy person about that. Me too. Mm -hmm. I've really changed that because one of my friends was, I watched a video of yours recently where you were talking about woo-woo mental. Like, I was like, yes. oh, this is woo-woo. And so I kept telling my friends, I was like, I'm telling you, you're drinking from plastic bottles every single day. That's all they had in their home. I was like, it's not good for you. Switching, and yeah. they see me as that, like the OTT extreme. Same. Everything is just like, I'm that girl yes. in every friend group. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine, don't listen. The guy goes to get his blood work done. He has high estrogen levels. And the first thing his doctor, a normal doctor asked him was, do you drink from plastic bottles? No way. And he was like, yeah. Next thing I go, they, they've got like just waters in their thing. I was like, well, and he told me, he was like, yeah, this, this is what the wow. doctor told me. Again, these are all such subtle little changes yes. that we're making but that can make a huge difference. So the estrogen, and then in terms of digestion, what made a difference for me? So I'm like quite regular in how mm -hmm. you would expect you to be regular if you've got a good digestion. Sure. But one thing I did realize, or it made me more aware of was the variety of, like having more variety in your life changes, helps create more variety in your microbiome. Mm. And so again, seasonally changing what you're eating based on the season, we get so used to having the same things throughout the year because it's all available to us that we've lost awareness of what maybe we need to be changing and how impactful those changes yeah. are. So the different colored vegetables you're having in different seasons, the sprouted things that you're having, what, you know, all of those things, the nuts and seeds that you're having at different times of the year. So 
I think actually tuning in to your environment, what's growing around you, what's available around you, and what should be or shouldn't be available to you at this time, whether it's some summer, spring, winter, yes. autumn, whatever it is, it actually helps to change the way that your gut will also react to the foods that you're eating. And that was something amazing to me. So now I just have like a list of things throughout the year that I want to swap in or swap out sure. for, to increase my microbiome, which also strengthens your gut because it makes it kind of robust to whatever you're putting into mm -hmm. it. And your gut is just, there's so much research to show you the gut link to your mind, to oh, your yeah. moods, to your hormones, to everything. A weak digestion depletes you. I think now it's becoming more widely known the connection. I remember my mom has had gut issues mm -hmm. for a long time. And I remember having a conversation with her, not to like teach her something, but it just happened that yeah. it clicked for her that her there were moments of anxiety, you mm -hmm. know, and anxious periods in her life where her digestion was slowed down. Also, what she was putting in her body was kind of a result of how anxious she felt. And so yes. it was like, a, so it's like this, it's this like loop. Definitely. You know, and we have to be super aware of that. And I, I'm so glad that now in the mental health space, that's being talked about more. Yeah. You know, the how we're nourishing our bodies and how that affects our brain. How do you do? What do you do physically in terms of to keep yourself in check and understanding your own body? On a regular basis, I do the blood tests. Mm -hmm. I do the hormone checks. During that period that I was doing a lot of HIIT workouts and I was, yeah. I was drinking quite mm -hmm. like not quite a bit but I was drinking more yeah a lot more and not nourishing my body in a way that it was intuitive it was more so just getting food in my body to yeah. be able to work out like I was working out mm. and so once I got very real about that and saw the results both how I was approaching my workouts was much slower yeah. much more for healing Same. rather than punishing my body mm. and now just to speak to the the food piece of eating more locally and seasonally. Mm -hmm. I'm in New York. It's not the easiest thing to do, but God is good. And he placed me next to an organic market. Yes. And I also have a, a harvest box that I'm subscribed oh, I love to that. called Local Roots. Yeah. Shout out. And it's great because they're sourcing from like the Hudson Valley. And every single week okay. I get very local, very seasonal fruits, veggies, eggs, and yeah. things like that. So it's just a nice way also to like reconnect with the earth and just understand what's happening on like a earth and soil level because yeah. we're so disconnected. And I think Zach Bush talks about this a lot, but just that connection between our microbiomes and the soil. And the soil, yeah. And how the soils are so depleted and so sterile now. And no wonder why our gut is Space in the state it. that it is. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. Mm. I love that you said, and it just sparked something that when you said it's difficult in New York to get it. And I think like this shouldn't be a scary thing for people to do. Sometimes you think it has to be all or nothing. Right. But like, even if you you do a 10% change, like I'm going to, you know, even if it's a 70-30 split of, I'm going to have 30% of my food that's not seasonal or depending on where you're at right now, if you're at 100% of eating foods, which maybe aren't kind to your gut, even if you're changing it a 30% yes. or a 10%, like it doesn't have to be extreme changes. And I think like give yourself grace. It's all about the steps that you're taking. It's not about having that drastic change. So 
doesn't matter if someone's at 100%, do your 10% mm-hmm. and, and see the difference that it makes. I'm so um, glad you said that because I think people get overwhelmed. It is overwhelming because you see everybody showing up online as their best selves. And it's like, oh, I, this is the organic veg that I've bought, but we're not seeing all the other stuff maybe that, that we've, and I'm a culprit of that too. You want to show up as the best version of yourself, but also know that everybody has a version of themselves that they are changing and adapting and working on. And you may not see that part. So you need to think about what your percentages are and where you want to meet yourself. Mm -hmm. And that 10% can make such a difference. I'm thinking about my husband, like, and I think just by proxy, you know, I try not to like preach, but just like being in each other's, you know, existence. He's trying an athletic greens. He's having electrolytes in his water, you know? Yeah. And it's become... Not only, I'm sure it makes him feel good, but there's something about knowing Mm -hmm. that you've incorporated a healthy routine into your life that I think for him, like I just noticed, like there's just like, yeah, I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a confidence in yourself. I think, you know, when you're, it's like in a relationship, when you're treating someone kindly and with thought and with care and with respect and giving them what they need. Mm -hmm they flourish yes. and in the same way when you're giving your body what it needs to be to feel loved to feel cared for to feel nourished you feel confident and you feel there's a different type of I know when I'm doing the practices when I'm waking up and I'm doing my meditation and I am getting my workout or movement in and I'm eating the right foods and I'm working at the pace that that my body needs versus what my mind thinks yes. I need to be at oh my goodness I get to the end of the day and I'm like God, that was a productive day. I feel so good. Yes. And it's not even drastic, amazing things that I've done. It's just sticking to the few things in my life that I know fuel me so deeply. And so actually that becomes your kind of rating of success at the end of the day. Like sometimes I would get to the end of the day and I'd be like, God, I didn't even make it through this. I didn't even get my meditation done in the morning. I didn't do this. And a lot of the things that I was actually thinking about when I got to the end of the day, weren't related to productivity Mm. of my goals. It was linked to the things that I know I needed and I didn't do that I disappointed myself with. And so, yeah, I think that's so important. And that really comes with knowing yourself well enough to know what puts you specifically into the state that you desire, whether it's a more peaceful state, a calm state, a more focused state. And I find that there was a period in which I was forcing parts of my morning routine where I'm like, you only meditated for five minutes. Like you're supposed to do like 10 yeah. or 15, like, you know, just pieces that I was being a little judgy and perfectionist totally. about. And I realized that, you know, being in tune for me really means checking in. Maybe it's not even a seated meditation. Maybe it's a walking meditation right. that goes right into maybe some computer work before I have like a nice leisurely lunch with a friend, like just understanding the aspects of that routine that actually just make me feel like more grounded in my body, Mm -hmm. accomplished if that's something I want to feel. And it kind of changes on a daily basis. Totally. I think about that all the time because I feel like I was basing everything that my wants, my needs, who I was, on someone that I was like five years ago, yes. seven years ago, mm-hmm. all the pe- all the things that people ex- like, because they haven't seen the changes maybe that I've been going through, I kept reverting back to this version of myself that made other people feel comfortable, that that made other people feel mm. like that the version that I thought that they preferred of me. And 
I realized I was doing such an injustice to myself because I am changing and the things that I like have changed and the groups that I want to be around have changed. There's so much that changes within us and then shows up externally. And mm. if we only harbor it inside and we don't allow it to be expressed and allow our changes to blossom and actually show, it's a part of us that we're just hiding. And so whether it is, and sometimes it's good and sometimes to other people, they may think you've changed for the worse, you've changed for the better, but either way, hiding anything inside of you that you are, you know, that's also another root cause of disease in the body. When you end up feeling ashamed of yourself or you end up feeling like you're hiding parts of yourself that other people may not agree with or condone, whatever it is that, yes. that they may not like about you, you're almost shaming yourself because you're not ready to show up as whoever you are. And I was been thinking about this so much lately that like every single person has weeds. We all have weeds. But for some reason, when we look at other people's weeds in them, if we don't recognize them or we don't, they're not familiar to us or we haven't got them ourselves, or we don't recognize them in ourselves, we end up judging them or we end up thinking that they're far worse. But the point is everybody's got weeds. It's just that we have yeah. different ones. And so we judge people based on things that are unfamiliar to us or things that we don't recognize without realizing that actually it's just something else. It's just another species of weed. Just like mm -hmm. I've got them, they've got them. That makes up their garden. <laughs> exactly, that makes up their garden. Everyone's just trying their yes. best in that way. Thank you so much, Roddy. We love you. And again, you can listen to more episodes with us and Roddy by searching Roddy Almost 30 or Jay Almost 30 to find the episodes with her and her husband. It was such a pleasure to have you on Almost 30 Podcast. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode, bringing you brands we love and actually use. You can find all of our mega discounts in our show notes, as well as on almost30.com. To learn more about Almost 30, how to get more involved, be in community with us, please go to almost30.com. We have incredible courses and programs like the Life Edit and the Sacredness of Being Single and the Invitation, which is a breakup series for friendships and romantic relationships and more. And we also have our Almost 30 membership, which is a place where you can feel incredibly supported in community on your path of growth. And we're just really honored to provide that space. So check it out, almost30.com. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.